bum, 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 bum. Opinions unqualified. Welcome to our podcast number five, uh, which is loosely translated to Welcome to Our Podcast number five. Uh, this is Sam. Uh, I'm here with Nixie. Hey guys, um, um, it is a uh, it's a milestone. Five is a milestone. Five. I'm going to call it a milestone. Pretty much a milestone. Yep. Five is a milestone. Um, and it is also special because uh, this morning when I was I was having a scroll through our, we get some uh, analytics, I guess, and um, I was looking through that, and you know normally we are a hundred percent Australia, uh, our listeners, and to my surprise, I uh, seen seven percent from Germany. And the great thing about these analytics is that it even goes into a little bit more detail than just Germany. So the region is Thuringia, if I've pronounced that right. And even tougher is the city, which is, I'm not even going to say it, Nixie, I'm going to show it to you and you've got to try pronounce that. Um, Monchenholzhausen. So yeah, we're going to go with Monchenholzhausen is our uh, city. So yeah, that's why we did a little intro in German since we got a we got a wider uh, audience reach now. Well, Sam, all I can say is we've gone worldwide, so that's very exciting. So uh, the fact that we've got international listeners and no one can travel at this point in time, so it's definitely not someone that was listening before and has gone over there. So I think it's the uh, the magic of of the internet. Um, someone's just picked it up and and listened, and the fact that we get so many listeners, it's not like just one person. It's like over 20. It's got, so be double, it's got to be double digits. Yeah, could be the same person listening over and over and over again though, but... Hey, if it's know. that good to, to be listening to on repeat, we'll take it. Absolutely. Um, well, I'm very excited today. We've got a, a, a new guest, um, as always. I'll, I'll get you to introduce our new guest in a minute because he's, he's a very good friend of yours. Um, but from my perspective, I was a little concerned when he came in and I, I offer the boys coffee, as, as often happens. And and he wanted a black coffee. Now, the reason I'm concerned with that is that I've heard recently that one of the common traits for serial killers is that they drink black coffee. So for me, I'm a little concerned. I'm sort of glad that he's sitting the opposite side of me so that you're my shield, Sam. I gotta, I'll protect you. Um, so all right, I'll, go, um, I'll go through with the introduction. Um, and just going off Nixie there, it's, it is not Ted Bundy. Um, uh, this guy is he's a probably self-proclaimed most attractive uh, senior high school teacher in the world. Um, the man has has spent many of years in America at a college system, um, avid woodworker, and anything else in between. Dance teacher, batmaker, um, batmaker. If that doesn't give away the hint, uh, it's a very good mate of everyone's, uh, and his name is Sean. Sean, welcome. Uh, welcome. Uh, pleasure to have me, guys. Uh, I'm <laughs> very excited to be here on your guys' show. Um, I've been listening to your re- recent podcast, and I was just so excited to get involved last week with the challenge of trading up from, you know, the little stubby holder. Uh, sorry, guys, but I was the one who handcrafted that beautiful baseball bat for Sammy. So, you know, he thanks me for the win. Right, big time. Um, yeah. Well, I think you actually got it wrong. I think yep. it's a cocktail muddler. It's not actually a, a baseball bat. I'll say this. I did the best I could with 20 minutes. I told Sam I'll spend 20 minutes and that's it because that's all the stubby hold is worth. I'm kind, of, um, <laughs> I'm kind of embarrassed that I lost to that, but that's okay. We, we will do that challenge again and, and I'll, I'll get someone to make me something. <laughs> yeah. 
So I'm uh, very, very happy to have you. So there's a couple of things um, that I wanted to talk about. And, and probably the, f- the first thing um, is the world has gone, I wouldn't say crazy, but you know, I think we've all adjusted to, to COVID and, and life at home. And yeah. our learning is definitely something that's moved in that direction as well. Um, you being a teacher, what, what adjustments have schools made for, for online learning? So for us in Australia, we got lucky that we didn't have to actually have that much time with kids away from school. Like right now, I think our attendance is back up to about 92 or 94% of my school, which is pretty good. But basically what we did for online learning was we actually used Google Sites to create different access points for all the kids from each learning area. So we had like our own design and technology website. We had one for math, science, and everything, and everything was connected to the original um, school homepage. And this way, rather than just using stuff like Google Classroom, it actually created uh, a better media and access point for the kids to access their work. That way, they weren't just looking at this boring Google Classroom and going, okay, here's the activity for the day. It actually spiced it up a little bit, made it more interesting and more attractive to them. So that's one way we did it. Um, we A lot of schools I know were using stuff like WebEx, where they were meeting once or twice a week with their classes and actually having the teacher broadcast himself to the class at a particular time. Um, and that was good because they could still talk to the kids and have some sort of engagement with them because that's what kids need to actually be engaged in what they're learning. Um, yeah, that's pretty much the pretty much all I can think of to begin with, but it's really depends on the school and what technology they have access to. So my school is lucky. Every kid has an iPad, but schools that don't have that and they might have a lot less resources they would have to send work packs home and stuff like that so i can imagine that would be a pretty boring way to learn Nishi, did yeah. you uh did you have a, an ipad when you're at school mate <laughs> i think computers come in halfway through my schooling yeah. to be honest like no 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 such thing as ipads um, you would have been in trouble mate yeah i know i know um one thing i've, I've noticed my wife works in education as mm-hmm. well she's a, a lecturer uh, for a, uh, adult learning, yeah. I won't drop drop the name, but adult learning center, um, and they're actually talking about now changing the format of their classes so that they're having more classes online. Mm-hmm. So there's less contact hours with the teachers um, at 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 the school. Um, yeah. do, obviously, with with children, that's really really hard. But the, I can definitely see a benefit of doing that with with grown grown adults. Yeah. See, I, I took a few online classes when I was at university and I loved it because you've still got the same amount of work except you can choose when you're doing the work. Like usually we will get at weekly modules. So if you wanted to knock out all your class work in like one or two days, you were free to do so and then you could free up more time. You didn't have to travel to and from the university. So it was just very time efficient. You just get on with the work. You might watch a short little video from your lecture explaining what to do, get on with your assignments, done. When it gets hard in school, is they don't have that kind of independence yet and they don't have that work ethic. So, And a lot of them, when you get to university, you've chosen to be there and you've chosen to study that, whereas a lot of kids in high school don't want to be doing it, so they don't have that intrinsic motivation. Um, And then it's also a lot simpler, especially for my school, we only go up to year seven to nine. So any work we send home, it's hard to assess them on it because their parents really could just do it for them. Whereas like a kid in a university... The parents can't do engineering classes for them, like unless their dad or whatever happens to be an engineer. 
Right, it's a lot harder to cheat, I find. Yeah. So assessment becomes difficult. Yeah. yeah. I had uh, Sam here shaking, yeah, shaking his head, and yeah. he's currently studying. So, what's your your thoughts um, on that? Um, to be honest with you, I have not enjoyed online learning at all. Um, my biggest thing would be just if I want to ask a question that takes one minute, you know, for mm. for me to say and for them to reply to in person, can take a day, or uh, sometimes they just answer in some way that maybe you haven't conveyed what you're trying to say correctly so then you know you don't get the right answer that you actually want and then you got to send another email to get clarification while in like in person that's like a five minute conversation yeah i I think you know i think nothing personally beats but i'm old as well uh, but human contact you know that Mm -hmm. that human interaction and i think that's an underrated skill as well you and tell me, you guys can probably tell me if you're wrong because you're a gen- different generation to me. Um, I feel like people have forgotten how to communicate face to face. I see a lot of lot of kids face in phone. You know, I've actually had people talk to each other in the same room via text rather than talking to each other face to face. So I feel like it's a, a lost skill and a lost art. Do you guys sort of agree with that? Or definitely, it definitely is. I mean, you you notice it um, like even just with friend like friend groups and whatnot you can tell like with playstation and stuff like that with online games you know instead of just the normal catch-up to go kick the footy or something like that you know it's a catch-up online oh yeah so many of my students i hear them talking and i go oh what'd you guys get up to this weekend and instead of a bunch of buddies going out and hanging out like sam just said they're literally getting on their playstation or xbox and they're just playing stuff like Fortnite and that together and that's how they hang out but where's the Where's the social interaction? Um, it's just not there anymore. It's completely different. Well, one of my proudest moments recently with, with Kyan, who's been on the show previously and did our little intro tonight, is that he said that he went on the weekend, he went with his mates on their bike and they rode around the neighborhood. And like that that was what I did when I was a kid, you know? It's outside, you know, they'll stop, they'll kick the footy, they might go to the shops and buy a pack of lollies or, or whatever that they're doing, but they're out, they're about, they're interacting, they're talking. Yep. Um, and, and he's in an age group that like, he doesn't have a phone yet, but he's got friends that are 10 years old that have mobile phones now. And I'm like, you know, it's, I guess they can fall victim to the, to the convenience, to the shield that a phone can become, I guess, when it, mm-hmm. particularly socially. I think also, I mean, I think everyone kind of thinks that the world's a bit doom and gloom at the moment. And, you know, I guess some parents maybe get a bit, bit anxious when their kids kind of go to the park to play or something like that while kind of back in the like even when I was younger it was just uh I'm going down the road to the park and that was it you know parents were you know stay safe and that was that was it and then hopefully I'll come back which I did yeah I had a I had a home time I had to be home by a certain time so again this is this is in the 80s 90s but if I wasn't home by a certain time man it was it was hell to pay (laughs) But they gave me the freedom to be able to go out and go to my friend's place and play and hit yep. into the bush and build tree houses and, you know, they do those sorts of things. And sure, I'd come back and, you know, I would have hurt myself or, you know, um, at certain times. I remember riding the bush track and then decided that I was bloody uh, Rod Kimball from, from uh, Hot Rod and trying <laughs> to do this big jump and I face planted and scraped my whole face off one day. But, you know, you live with that and it's a memory. It's something that I can look back at and go, well, you know, at least I experienced that. I'm not sure many kids are doing that these days anyway. So, And you're a school teacher, so... Yeah, that's pretty much what I hear all the time. They're all just staying at home, playing on their games. That's it. We even have kids during recess and lunchtime 
with their iPads, just playing on their iPads. It's yeah. like, what are you guys doing? Like, you're outside, you're having a break from class, take a break. Just do something with your mates. You don't have to look at a screen. Like, you get 20 minutes for each lunch. Use it to just chill out. Like, yeah. It's not giving their brain a break by constantly being on a device. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the exciting things uh, that I've, I've heard and the discussions I've had with you, Sean, is is some of the the things you're doing at the school in regards to, you know, teaching kids uh, real life life skills. Um, yep. So I won't say what it is. I'll let you sort of announce that. But I was pretty excited um, about hearing about what you guys are doing as a school. Um, and it's probably something that I haven't heard of before. Um, so I think it's a, it's a really great project. So the more people know that they're, they're doing these things in school is exciting. So I'll, I'll let you take the, the Yeah, floor. so basically I've been working a lot with the design and technology department of my school recently. And... We are currently only go up to year seven to nine, but next year, starting with year 10s, we're actually going to be starting to build uh, a three by two house at our school. So that way, the kids in the building construction program can learn all the skills necessary to actually like go into that kind of um, work environment. So they'll get to do all the tiling and all that for the bathrooms. Um, they get to do like the roofing, um, bricklaying. Uh, plastering everything so every skill that they could possibly need they're actually going to get to do and it'll be more like a two-year project so they'll start it one year and then they'll complete it the following year as like just a group and then once it's done the house will be demolished start again with a new group that's pretty, so, yeah. pretty crazy i've never done anything like that in school but our like head of technology is he's just unreal he's like let's actually teach these kids like some skills that there's actually going to be useful yeah so pretty cool so Sam, we were talking about the other night. Is that something you would have thought a school would do? I'd never thought a school would do it, um, but it's definitely something that probably more schools should be doing just because, I mean, you know, it's easier for the kids to kind of learn. Obviously, they're doing something a little bit more serious than just the old whatever projects they usually do. That's not, you know, it's relatable, mm-hmm. but it's not building a bloody house, is it? So, yeah. I just think, I was just thinking then, and you're talking about, you know, they do the rooming. Yeah. And I'm thinking, what sort of like safety security measures do you have to put in to make sure? Because I can imagine, I know me, like if I was there and I was, I was putting, you know, the roof beams up or whatever, and I fell down, <laughs> I probably would fall down. Like I'd hurt myself. You know, what yeah. sort of safety do you have to put in place? I mean, Harnesses. honestly, yeah, it would have to be all that kind of thing. Um, everything we do in our department, we have to drill into the kids no messing around like safety is like the biggest um concern for us so every time we get a new class like it's like a big half an hour spiel on safety like we show how to use all the different machines and everything we tell them what not to do we usually give a horror story that we embellish a little bit so like even the disc sander and that we go okay we've had a kid that's misused this and basically cut the whole tip of their finger off and then cut it off so like harshly that it didn't even bleed and then it wouldn't stop bleeding for half an hour afterwards so we kind of embellish it a little bit to scare the kids a lot but that's for like their own safety and then they never misuse the machinery and if they do they're out there's no like anything with occupational health and safety they're just out of the classroom that's it no second chances yeah Yeah. so they're laying bricks as well yeah laying bricks as well yeah so they're doing all of it plumbing Plumbing? Uh, I'm not sure. I'd have to actually ask about that one. Yeah, um, yeah I'm not quite sure about the plumbing. Yeah. That would be that'd be it's, difficult. I that's feel. a big, big Yeah, job. probably not. Probably not plumbing. I don't reckon yeah. they would do that. But yeah. another thing he's doing with like life skills, he's actually doing like a garage type thing. So he's going to bring in like cars and have kids like change oil, change tires, just like general life skills and that as well. Because it's like, 
how many times do you wish in school it's like, oh, I never actually learned like something that's so basic that I actually need to survive. So it's like, let's actually teach these kids these useful skills. I um yeah. I actually got a heap of crap in school because I did subjects like that. So yeah. I did uh, sewing yeah. in school. Now, my wife can't even sew. And I, yeah. I know how to sew. And I, I do all the buttons. I fix all the garments. I do all of that. Mm-hmm. I can I can do that myself. And I thought, you know, when I was doing it, everyone's like, ah. But I'm like, well, if I have any, have any issues, like pants rip at times, I can Absolutely. fix it. Um, typing. Like I did a word processing class in school. And now it's like, if you don't know how to type, like you, you're probably not sort of in place. So I have all these friends that don't know how to touch type. You know, um, at all. So every time they they're on a computer, it's like that one finger. One, <laughs> yeah. like, no, no, you know. So come on, man. Like it's it's a skill that you can use, and I and I think like they teach that to everyone now. Um, that's how old I am. And probably the other thing, the most probably one of the most important things I did. I did home ec, and and I learned to cook. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's helped me in in a lot of situations, particularly when you're a young man like you guys, and you can cook something, and you have like a date around. Oh, it oh makes all the difference. Go. All the difference in the world. You can cook a good feed. Um, they can see, you know, that you're, you know, that you're not the the average barbarian. Um, yeah, it's a, it, it looks good. So, did you do anything like that in school, Sam? Um, my favourite class was probably surf and netball. Uh, I don't know how many life skills was on that. Um, I did do home ec as well, um, and because it was fifty percent um, practical and fifty percent like written work or whatever. I actually um, just got 50% on that uh, class because I just did the practical. I didn't do any um, of the writing work. Really? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but everything, I like... And you're going to be a teacher. Yeah. So, <laughs> I didn't do... Um, See, he's seen all the kids that are like that, so now he knows how to get to them. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't do any, like, design and tech or anything. Like, I did woodworking year eight or something because you had to do, like, six months. Like, it was, like compulsory to yep. do some but but you did no. we did we did bad like we didn't build anything of value when we did that though because i did it in year eight as well with you i think i might have had a different teacher but i mean i still i'm still using my table that i built oh so. you built a table <laughs> oh, that's not too bad well yeah. a little side side table thing but i must have had some really creative people go to school with me because the amount of bongs and things <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> i can't tell you how many of those are made in the science classroom <laughs> <laughs> so many so yeah, well, we're excited to have you on the show uh, today, Sean, um, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting your input on everything else and, and from, like, I think, you know, we're both fairly excited to hear about the projects, um, yep. so we'd love to, to have you back uh, once the, the construction starts to see yep. how things are going. Absolutely. I've been so impressed, so impressed recently uh, with Jacinda Ardern. So Jacinda Ardern, you guys probably don't know who she is, but she's the Prime Minister of, of New Zealand. And she's one of those leaders that every single time that I hear or read about something she's done, I just think, man, that's a good decision. She leads well. Um, and the, one of the most recent things that she's decided to do in New Zealand, I don't know if it's locked in yet, but she's talking about because of the impacts of COVID-19 is changing New Zealand's work week to four days. So rather than the standard five-day work week, go to a four-day work week because people have been dealing with so much pressure and she's worried about the mental health of a population. Um, and that's completely unqualified because I only read like the title, Four Day Work Week, just in the afternoon. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. So what are your guys' thoughts on, on the fact that a, a national leader uh, is willing to change basically, you know, the, the fabric of, of work structure 
you know, for the fact of a population's mental health? Um, well, me personally, as you guys know, I'm, I'm a very hard worker. Uh, I work long hours. Um, <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah. So a four-day weekend would, would really help me out a lot. Um, but in all seriousness, I do think it's a good thing. Um, I mean, less work, more fun's better. You know, it gives people more time to spend with their families and do stuff that's, you know, important in life, you know. Um, but I think it would be good because I think I did a while ago, I think one of the Scandinavian countries moved to a four-day week uh, or something like that. And um, I'm pretty sure it went quite well, you know, just the whole people were more efficient at work just because they were more relaxed and, and whatnot. So, I mean, good on them, I reckon. Get on the front foot. So, you being a teacher, Sean, if you went to a four-day yep. work week, do you reckon you'd be more productive or the limit in time would reduce your ability to do your job? Here's the thing. So, I think in terms of, like, work production, production definitely would go up. And I think, like Sam said, there definitely was some sort of Scandinavian country that did. I can't remember which one. Um but I know the studies show that work production went up even though they were at work for less time. So it wasn't actually affecting their economy negatively, even though you're actually having people being happier at work. But I don't know, I even find like every now and then you need to take like a day off work because you're like, okay, it's just getting too much and my just work ethic and everything's going down, you get in a slump. And then after one extra day off and a four day work week, you just seem to be revitalized and energized, right? So I don't know, I think it would be I think it'd be a good thing. Uh, whether you could get in all the curriculum for kids at school with only four days, that's the issue, but maybe add an extra hour onto every day. I would prefer to be at school one extra hour and have a Friday off, to yeah. be honest. But yeah, that, that, yeah. Sort of, that sort of makes sense. What I'd like to know is, is do you still get the public holidays as well? So you've got a four-day work week, but then yeah. you've got, I think there's like 13 public holidays in a year or something. Do you still get them as well? You have to. Have, have to. to. Why not? Unless they're on the same day. Yeah, they might be on the same day, but if not... But at the moment, if it's on a weekend, so say Anzac Day rocks up is on a Saturday, yep. you get the Monday off. Yeah. So say it's a, a Monday, that becomes part of your weekend. So you have a three-day weekend every single weekend. And then when you have the public holiday weeks, Four you're only working... But then you end up where rather than yeah, working three days and you've actually had more days off than the days you're working. Yeah, well, that's better. it's better yeah. for your mental health, isn't it? You know, maybe productive. maybe you could revisit it and go. Okay, maybe only these certain ones you're getting public holidays. The other ones we're just gonna have to kind of scrap a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. That's one way you could potentially do it. Well, I'm certain Scomo listens to our podcast because why wouldn't he? I mean, we've already we've reached people in Germany exactly. Year, so. so clearly, we're making an impact. <laughs> Man, oh, I'm a I'm a dude that works, and Sam will back this up. 60, 60 odd hours a week. Like I'm, I just work, 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 work. I wouldn't be able to achieve the things I needed to achieve in that in that period of time. So I think I actually think we'd get to a stage with a lot of people that they'd have a four day work week, but they'd end up working extra hours or going in on their days off. And yep. you know, and is that is that worse for your mental health than you know if you know because the stress the stress involved not getting the job done because I'm very organized. I need to get the job done. So I would go back in and then I'm like, well, it's time away from my family. I'm meant to have the weekend. So do you think there's a negative impact? That I think it depends on what job you're teaching. So I don't, I'm not saying four-day work week would work for kids in schools, for high school and that. But for me, having that extra day off would be more me having a break, like an extra day break from actually teaching the kids. Because teaching itself in high school, it takes a lot of energy. 
and it's a lot of stress constantly managing the classroom, like 30 something kids in a classroom. So that part of it is what runs me down. The extra planning that I do outside of school anyway, that's always gonna happen. And if I have to plan a little bit more, but I get a little less stress from actually dealing with the kids, that's where it might actually be beneficial. Yeah. So it depends on what you do, I think. I think Sam's probably the least qualified to, yeah. to talk here. So this is perfect, yeah. perfect conversation for Sam. No, I think like, I mean, as you said, like people go in, maybe instead of calling it like a day off, you could maybe call it like a work from home. You know, since now all these people are working from home now, so maybe they're a little bit more customized to it. So you go in for your, your uh, four days and that fifth day is like a online or like, you know, like it's not mandatory. Like you can either go in and work or you can stay home and work from home kind of thing. Well, that, and again, that would that could make sense because we know we can work from home now, which is uh, which I think I think is a real positive. Um, but there's also negative aspects of that as well because now companies can expect that you can work from home as well. Um, so the, I think with everything, there's always the yin and the yang. Um, but as always, opinions unqualified solving the world's problem in a 45 minute podcast. So I think I think it's a good discussion. Probably the other thing I wanted to talk to about Jacinda Ardern particularly is that she was the Prime Minister of New Zealand. She got pregnant, she ran the country, she had the baby, all while she's been Prime Minister. It, that's incredible. I feel like that is just incredible for a, a woman to be able to, and it, obviously I say woman because men can't have babies, but yeah. to be able to, 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 to do that, man, that, that to me is super impressive. What do you guys thought on that, on that sort of thing? I mean, it probably shows kind of her, her dedication to the country and, and probably wanting to do to help everyone out, I guess, you know, to go through that and still have her mind on the world or on the world and on her country, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I'm, I'm speechless by that. I don't know what to say. Like I can't imagine, I mean, I can't even imagine being pregnant, <laughs> let alone running an entire country. I mean, and you look at the amount of stress that you have when you're doing that job. And I think COVID-19 has just shown people how much like prime ministers and presidents have to deal with. Obviously, it's not worse on this level, but they've just got such huge responsibilities and everyone's always looking to them to give the answers. So dealing with that while you're pregnant the entire time, even having the baby, that's just unbelievable. Yeah, I think I yeah. think we've learned a lot about our leaders in this time, like you've just said. And um, I've just been so impressed by the way that they've, they've handled this because I'm sure there's, there's, there's the economical factors, there's the social factors, and there's a lot of pressure on them to make sure that they're making their, and they've made some fairly hard decisions during this period yep. of time. Do you think, particularly, let's talk state government, do you think our state government could, could have done a better better job than they have? Um, unqualified opinion um, is I have zero comments because I don't keep up with any of it. Yep, fair enough, yep. Unqualified opinion? Um, no, I think our state government's done a pretty good job. I mean, just even considering like some of the other countries and how bad they've had it compared to us. I know we've been lucky with this issue because our population density is not the same as other countries. Like I'm pretty sure like New York city itself has like pretty much the population of like Australia. So imagine trying to deal with an issue like this with that many people in such a small space. Yeah. So they've done a good job compared to other countries, but also we haven't had the same problems as other countries. So it's kind of hard to say, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So I'm going to go slightly sideways here, and then we're going to come back to New Zealand because I want to yep. get your best New Zealand accent in, in a minute. Um, and maybe even like a little hucker talk, just a real quick one. But um, I want to talk about government and this job keeper payment. 
So I've spoken to a few people recently that have worked full time, like for, for years and years and years and years and years, and they've earned a certain amount of money, and they've either, either lost their job, become redundant, or they, they, they've had to go on this job keeper and take time off work and get paid like a reduced amount. And there are people that are earning like $150 to $200 a week, and then automatically their wage gets increased to 750 Now what's interesting is that I've spoken to an employer, and they can't offset that money to, to someone else that say earned more. So they have to give that total amount. So if they get the JobKeeper, if it's someone that's at $500, they get the 750 anyway. So as someone that works sort of full time, um, and we could probably expand and Sam might get more into like people on the dole or something, you know, what the situation is there. But what are your thoughts on the fact that people get paid earning more, some people are earning a lot more now because of this decision that was made and they were 60 billion dollars out of budget so yes yeah, that frustrates me because if you were doing fine before and you don't need the extra money i wouldn't even claim it that's just being selfish i think like why why would you claim something if you didn't actually need it um it's different for certain people like some people are students like yourself sam and you're getting paid because of student money so it's a little bit different to the what is it called job seeker but like I don't know, some people are just taking advantage of the system. That frustrates me because the entire time I've been working, getting paid the exact same as what I was before, except dealing with a lot more stress. Like teachers have had all this extra workload of teaching regularly while preparing online stuff and just all this additional stress, like kids coming to school and being like, oh, is this going to actually affect my health? Other staff who are older and they're actually vulnerable, they're still coming and having to work. And then other people are just taking advantage of the times and getting extra money when they don't really need it. So it frustrates me a bit. Oh my! Um, <laughs> well, I think I'm a bit out of uh, out of the depth here. Eh? Um, like, yeah, I'm loving it. Uh, <laughs> well, I think like, probably yeah, the question I... with you, Sam, is is because you, you you're studying, obviously, um, you know, and you you're going to get payments, and that's perfectly fine. Um, and I think students are getting payments in place of things that because they usually a lot of students are part like casual casual workers yeah. you know so they have no ability to earn any money at all so yeah they, they're getting paid for that it's the people that are on the dole yeah so they're, they're on payments and they were getting say six hundred dollars a week before now they're getting eleven hundred dollars a week like does it make sense to you sam that they've been getting paid double what they usually wouldn't even nah. though their circumstances haven't yeah. changed yeah obviously your living conditions don't change i guess and in fact like more stuff was probably closed and yeah i've definitely well actually that's a lie i've spent more money but um you know <laughs> like you can't go out and whatnot so um obviously you got to be saving money there um so yeah look i don't think it's it's probably not the best but you know well we're probably not going to solve that issue yeah. but i think it's something worth talking about the so. only the only positive i thing i think i see in it is a lot of the reason I think people were getting those money, that money was that way they would spend more money in the Australian economy and try to boost the economy up. So if they're putting more money back in, it's actually good for like the small businesses and stuff. Like they were wanting people to spend money. Um, that's the only upside I can see, but 60 billion off. That's yeah. not good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, well, it was thankfully it was the other way. So yeah. they actually budgeted 120 billion, and wow. it's actually 60 billion that it's going to cost. But they're going to review everyone that's got payments. But again, interesting discussion, interesting decisions, and I can't imagine being in that seat having to make no. those decisions, particularly as quickly as I had to make it. Yeah. So back to New Zealand. All right. Um, thoughts on? I had a discussion with someone today, and I actually don't agree with him. 
So he thinks that New Zealand shouldn't be allowed to do the haka before Why? sporting events. Oh, oh, it's like the greatest moment before, like, or apart from the actual game sometimes. But sometimes the haka is probably better than the game if it's not a good game. Um, I think it's like, it's just so powerful when you watch it. You get like the jitters and everything. So he was um, he was saying that it's not fair because Australia doesn't have one. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, well, it's a cultural thing, you know? Yeah. Like, it's it's their culture. It's a war cry. You know, it, it's meant to be intimidating. I loved it when we played against New Zealand and they did the haka right in our face. I loved every minute of it. I was like, this is fantastic. I get to experience their culture. Um, it was just entertaining to watch. They really got into it. And then we ended up beating them after after they tried to do that. So, you know, it's great for me. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. So I just thought that was an interesting... I, I love it and I think there's definitely a place for it. Um, I think any... Any time we can um, sort of express culture and, and get people exposed to, to different cultures is important, and it does. It looks damn cool. Yeah. All right. Um. So before we get into the to the next talk, I just want you to say in your best New Zealand accent, fish and chops, fish and chops, fish and chops. <laughs> All right. Cool. Ah. <laughs> uh, well, since we we uh, well chops. that kind of that, that gave it up a little bit, but um. So. Last week we had we had taco talk and I think it was it was a a heavy favourite from from our listeners. Um, so we're going to go into a bit of uh, chip chat. So I um, had someone tell me to to um, bring it onto the pod and have you know a discussion about takeaway chips and who does the best uh, takeaway chips and. You know, they had like a, a top five. Um, and look, I'm going to go straight off the bat. I'm not even going to ask you guys. I'm going to tell my opinion first because I'm actually a qualified opinion on this because <laughs> in Belgium, like they have places that are called fritgots. Yep. And that's like, it's pretty much a place where you go get chips and then they have sides. So the chips are actually like the main mm-hmm. and then you get little snacks on the side to go along with your chips. Um so my favourite takeaway here, uh, I'm probably going to have to be McDonald's just because I like fries, right? I like fries because two reasons. One reason, if there's too much potato in the chip, I get serious indigestion and that sucks. Um, and then I just, you know, just a nice thin crunchy chip with a bit of mayonnaise goes... Tree, so that's all. Like that's yeah. my that's my uh, input. I'm not going to do a top five. That's just my input. Okay, I'll, I'll let you go, Sean, before I have discussions. Okay, so I've got well, a few thoughts on this. Yeah, uh, I guess I'll start off by saying I'm the complete opposite of Sam. I need more potato. You know, I need to get that correct uh, surface area to volume ratio. Um, but mine, I like a nice thick chip, but it's also got to be crunchy. I don't like a soggy chip. It's got to be a nice crunchy chip. Um, I find probably the best chips sometimes you get from like either a pub, like some good pub fries are good, or even a fish and chip shop. Sometimes they do some amazing chips. Um, but yeah, definitely not McDonald's. I'm going to have to disagree with you on that one. I find they're just too oily, too, they got like a buttery taste to me. Yeah, it's not for me. And no mayonnaise with the chips. No mayonnaise. No. Yeah, I thought mayonnaise is is an interesting, like aioli maybe, but you know, I I just like chips with salt just in general, like that's it, just the potato in the fat, like that's that's the business. Um, 
I, I have a few ideas. I, th- I don't think actually the burger places do the best chips. No. I think I think chicken places do the best chips. And it might be because of the salt weather, but for, for me, it's been consistent over the years. And I've been on this earth a lot longer than you guys. Um, KFC have done the best chips out of those sort of mainstream takeaway mm-hmm. places, in, in my opinion. Um, Hungry Jack's actually annoyed the hell out of me recently when they changed their chips. Now they taste like really flowery or whatever, and I, I don't really in, enjoy that. Um, but I think if you're talking mainstream, um, I would I would go with the KFC chip. I think they're the, I think they're the, the best. Um, but you're right. I do like a, a good pub chip. Yeah. And I like with Chubs a lot of that pubs a lot of the time. Chubs. <laughs> um, they'll do fries yep. and they'll do two, so you get two options: fries, mm-hmm. chips, or three options or wedges. Mm-hmm. So if you want that really thin fry, you can order the fries. Um, if you want like a, a thicker chip, you can get that, or you can get the wedges. Have, um, you, guys, have you guys ever had uh, waffle fries? Yes, waffle fries from uh, Chick Fil A in America. Whoa. Now that's again chicken place. Yeah, yeah, waffle fries. That's a that's a whole other ball game. But the thing about Chick Fil A as well is that the sauces they have that accompany their chips are just phenomenal. Mm. Like the Chick Fil A sauce, the Polynesian sauce—it's just mm-hmm. out of this world. Chicken place, I'm telling you, man. Chicken, place. Yep. it might actually be how they cook them as well. I'm no yeah. expert, but it could be the type of of fat that they use to cook the chips is different. Maybe it's got chicken fat that's maybe, stripped into maybe it. Maybe it's because they're a religious organization, you know. Don't know. Maybe, yeah, <laughs> maybe. they closed on Sundays. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, you never know. Um, talking about that, wedges. So, so for you, like, are you a wedges skin on? Wedges skin, skin on. Skin on. Skin on. Yeah, skin on. Sweet chili, sour cream. Yeah. Mix them together. So say this was your last meal. Yeah. And you had to have potato in a certain way. So we've moved some sort of the chip chat to a little, like, would it be a chip? Would it be a wedge? Would it be something else? Um, I'd, I'd have to go, it would either be a chip or... I love some, like a good potato bake. Yeah? Yeah, I love a good potato bake. So with like a French onion type, like, is that what you have in your just, potato bake or just a sour cream? Just a good potato. No sour, there's no sour cream in potato bake. I'm pretty sure there is, yeah. Real? yeah. I don't know. I have yeah. to ask the people that make the potato bake for yeah. me. Cause... So your mum's potato bake or would you say? Yeah, mum makes a good one as well, but yeah. just every place I've had potato bake. I've never really had like bad potato bake. Okay. All right. Sean, what would you do? I think... Probably like real good quality roast potatoes. I think I'd have to go with that, you know, especially if they're mixed in with like some other roast vegetables, maybe some, you know, roast capsicum, a bit of roast onion, something else in there. I think a good roast potato is hard to beat if it's done right. Yeah. Yeah. I actually don't think you can go past a mash. Like, Like a good mashed potato, like a good one, like will blow your mind just with the... You know, the butter and the salt and, you know, and you can do so much with mash as well. What consistency do you like your your, uh, mashed potato? Yeah, so it has to be smooth. Mm -hmm. So it can't be lumpy. Yeah, see, I love a smooth. Has to be smooth, but but I I don't like it too fluid. So Mm -hmm. it's got to have like a a solid base. Maybe like a... um, Yeah, I'm trying to think of the, 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 the... perfect sort of yeah consistency consistency yeah, yeah. um 
So it's not like a Play-Doh. You know when you get a good Play-Doh? So yeah. That's too, that's that's too, too thick. thick. Yeah. yeah. But it's not like a, a porridge, I guess. Like porridge is a little bit... Any gravy on the mashed potato, though? Oh, gravy on everything. Yeah. What type of gravy? That's that's really in there. Beef. Beef gravy. Beef gravy. Beef gravy. You do gravy? Yeah, I do gravy. Like, just whatever, whatever gravy there is, I guess. I don't know. I could do a whole show on gravy. I think my favorite gravy, pepper, peppercorn gravy. That's, oh, nice. That's my number one. Yep. Probably mushroom for you. I love mushroom. Mushroom, yes. yep. Yeah, yeah, with the steak, mushroom, yep. sauce, gravy, steak, or... Yeah. yeah. Um, well, anyway, I mean, I think that fries or chips uh, discussion, chip chip chat, um, had... Um, some good uh good points there, and I think that's definitely something, Nixie, that we could um we could maybe have a little drive through series of our um ratings, and we can uh, put to use our sun Nixies since I've I've cropped the image ready, but we actually haven't um gone anywhere yet. But you know that's that's in the uh it's going to be there sometime. Well, this week what we'll do is we'll ask people to send through their their favourite chips from a, a takeaway outlet, um, and we'll go and try. Uh, we'll go try five of them. Yeah, we're just going to try all of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll wow. try all five of them, and then what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to uh, rank them as well as give them a Sanixi uh, rating. Sanixi, love it. Yeah. So send in your thoughts on the best chips. So here in uh, in Perth uh, over the weekend, we um, had what was uh, anticipated to be uh, one of the biggest storms in West Australia in the uh, decade, I think. Is it the decade? Decade, it was decade, yeah. Um, and it was, it was. Um, well, I don't know about you guys, but in my area, you know, it was a bit of rain and a bit of wind. Um, definitely wasn't this um, massive storm that I was expecting. Maybe, you know, maybe it was over-portrayed by the media or whatever. But I also have seen some, um, I've seen a picture at Hillary's today and like you know there's like the lower bit at hillary's where you can walk like just underneath like all the restaurants yep. and stuff the that's, boardwalk yeah it's underwater is it yeah it's underwater so i mean i guess i mean the sea level's rising there must be some waves going on but um yeah what are, what's your guys thoughts to how how's it been for you well i heard i heard it was it was going to be eight foot waves or, or something maybe it was higher than that but it was going to be fairly big swell um but and I've seen some pictures that didn't look too big. It just looked really, really choppy. Um, but yeah, it was a fizzle. Like, and I'm a person with young kids, so I have a trampoline. So you know, I had to go out there and tie the trampoline down, and I had to clear out my shed, which is my current gym at the moment, to drive the car in just in case it hailed and all sorts of mm-hmm. stuff. So there's this massive effort for what ended up being a real, real fizzle. Um, because who doesn't love a good storm as well, you know? Mm-hmm. So you know, here. Uh, wasn't too crazy, but it it could have been big in in other areas, and I did hear it went north. But did you experience anything out your way? Um, I experienced a little bit more. It was definitely ridiculously windy, but like, and it rained a little bit, but it wasn't anything too crazy. Like, I lowered my basketball hoop. Um, I took care of a couple of little things, but it wasn't too bad. Like, I heard the, quite a lot of banging because I have this little um, thing over by my um, kind of like little alfresco area, and that was banging and came off the came off the pole but that's really about it um i saw up north there was some bridge that was destroyed i can't remember what it was called down south i think was it down south yeah it was down south yeah Yeah. i think so yeah Yeah. but we're unqualified so we could have been anywhere yeah Yeah. could have been east Uh, that sort of leads me to like a question then is we've got storm talk happening here um what is the worst storm you've ever been in you guys have lived in the states for a period of time as well and there's tornadoes and all sorts of stuff um what's the worst storm you've been caught in um 
Mines was actually the storm that they said it was going to be like. Because um, I think that was in, when was it, 2012? 2012, yeah. Or, um, it was the last big, big one. Yeah, so I was, I was in high school then and I just got picked up by my dad. And I remember it. Um, picked up, driving, and there was this massive cloud that just looked like a big, dark wave. And I was like, shit, like, this is moving pretty quick. You know, and then as soon as we got home in the house and then it just started hailing mad ways. But I mean, that was probably most hectic. When I was in Tucson, there was um, the loudest thunder that I've probably ever heard. Um, and that scared the hell out of me, to be honest with you. But yeah, I mean, that's my. Yeah, worse for me was probably a snowstorm in Erie, Pennsylvania, and then also Buffalo, New York, because both are known to get some of the craziest snowfall in America. Um, I think an area got to negative 23 degrees Celsius plus wind chill. And it was just insane. Like I couldn't see even two feet, like two meters in front of me. Couldn't see anything. I was literally just walking head down, freezing an Australian in over there. So I didn't have the right gear. I was ridiculously cold, but you know, I got through it. And then the one in Buffalo, they got 10 feet of snow yeah. in like, I think it was two days. Insane. which is unbelievable like you, i literally saw pictures of it and stuff and people had like just plowed hallways between the snow like unbelievable people's cars were stuck for like a couple of weeks so that's, that's the worst i've ever seen that's yeah. a, a lot worse than me probably probably yeah. the worst time i've ever been in is I, I worked in travel for it for a number of years and in travel there's a thing called famils so you go a familiarization you get to go overseas and experience something new and yeah i think i was about to go on a famil to, to fiji and i worked in the morning because it was like a later afternoon flight but i knew that there was only a certain amount of time i had to get there so i was driving in this storm and i couldn't see the bonnet in my car it was raining so heavy didn't matter how yeah. fast the and it was like a white rain when you've seen that mm-hmm. raining so hard it was like a white rain i couldn't see i had to pull over and just hope that i wasn't still on the road uh, when i pulled over because i couldn't see anything at all but it was unsafe to drive in but I was thinking most people are going to pull over in this situation because you just you just couldn't see anything, and that was that was insane. That's the sort of weather that I was expecting to happen this time. When was that? That would have been in roughly two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Yeah, yeah. So I remember something ago. similar over here. It must have been. It was when I was in high school as well, because uh, my mom was driving me, and we had to pull over on the freeway, and pretty much everyone did. Couldn't see barely anything in front of you. So that kind of reminds me of that experience, but that was insane. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was really, and this is on the Southwest Highway, which I don't know if you've ever driven on, um, which is an inland road, and yep. there's only two lanes. So you know you've got a lane coming at you, and then you're in the other lane, and it's just got the the white lines in the middle. So you know if yeah, it's quite. It was quite scary because there was no, you know, not everyone was heading in the same direction. So um, storm was a fizzle, but storm talk. Yep, storm talk. So uh, that was some good storm talk, and I think uh, it kind of went a bit over time for us, what we usually do, but um, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, having you, Sean, and whenever you want to come back on, uh, you're more than welcome to, so thank you very much. Hey, guys, pleasure is all mine. Uh, it's been great talking about uh, you know a bit of chit-chat, uh, especially after how much I wanted to talk about the taco talk last week. <laughs> um, thank you. And, yeah, so thanks to Sean for jumping on. Um Make sure you um, get involved on our socials, um, share it as much as possible, Opinions Unqualified, uh, Facebook and Instagram. And um, I think, well, now that me and Nixie have talked about that, we're going to do our uh, little fast food takeaway chip uh, 
day. Um, make sure you uh, share it with all your friends because it's going to be a, a great time. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Just remember, uh, Sam's hit the nail on the head. Share, 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 share everything for us. Um, we're loving the feedback we're getting. Um, we're, we're not precious, so if there's anything we can improve on, um, just hit us up. Um, have a great week. Sure. Bum, ba-dum, bum, bum. Bye-bye.